The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. February 13th, 2023. May the clerk please call the roll. Councilmember Santiago Romero. Present. Councilmember Benson. Yeah, Benson, aye. Councilmember Waters. Present. Madam Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Moving us along to the approval of our minutes, I believe we need to make an amendment to our minutes, Vice Chair. Madam Chair, uh, motion to discuss. Discussion, Vice Chair. If you look at our minutes uh, as submitted, and this is to, uh, who's our clerk today? We have Ms. Hicks with us. Ms. Hicks. Yes. On number nine, it indicates public hearing held, no further action was taken. I would like to modify the minutes to add that this line item will be brought back. Now, this line item, and I'll go to the, the parliamentarian for a better description on what the, the language should say. Um, it's my understanding that that the um, the issue will be brought back as an amended ordinance as a line item to the committee. I just want to make sure because these are legal documents. That's why I'm just want to make sure that they're complete. And so, if a year goes by and we need to reflect on these, that we have a more complete description of the action taken. So, oh. motion to approve the minutes as amended. Excuse me, you didn't get the motion to amend. You just said motion to discuss. So you need you need a motion to amend the minutes first and. You. Motion to amend the minutes. There's been a motion to amend the minutes. Are there any objections? Hearing none, we can amend our minutes. Vice Chair? Motion to approve the minutes as amended. Are there any objections to the amendments? Hearing none, those Madam, amendments are approved. Then Madam Chair, through yourself to the clerk, are we clear on the language needed for the amendment? That line item was to be brought back as well. It was the was it a public hearing? I'm sorry, I apologize. Yes, yes, that's accurate. Okay, and it's to be brought back as a line item, correct? Yes. Okay, thank you. If you want the full wording, excuse me, Madam Chair. You're okay, Dr. Powers. If you want the the full wording, it's more than just to be brought back as a line item. It's to be brought back as an amended ordinance. Um, as a line item to the committee. Brought back as an amended ordinance, as a line item to our committee. And then the public hearing was simply closed out. And then we'll close out our public hearing. You did that, yes. Yes, we, we closed it last week. Is that, are those clear, uh, Madam Clerk? Yes, ma'am. I can get those um, amended minutes resent out before the end of this meeting. Okay, thank you. Yes, LPD. They need to be. Ma Madam yes. Chair, I don't think they need to be. I think we can just approve them as amended, yeah. Uh, yeah. Madam Clerk. We're going, to, we're going to trust you. Not my favorite word, but we're going to trust you. <laughs> okay, thank you. There will be an opportunity to verify later. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Are we okay? LPD thank you, Madam LPD? Chair. Uh, impressive effort. I want everybody to make it clear. I do want to point out that this is not as uncommon or as difficult an issue or as easy an issue maybe 
there's a lot of inaccuracies in the agendas and things. Um, th this is not an insult of the clerk's work. There's so much to keep track of in the business of a city this size that they're just inevitable. Mm -hmm. um, we could make a major effort to clean things up on a regular basis. We've sort of not done that because we recognize that it's an agenda or it's minutes. It's not so legally binding as, for example, assigned contractors, approved contractors, something like that. I'm not suggesting anything in particular, just recognizing that this is an issue, and if we want to attack it, we might have to step back and put in some a vetting procedure to make sure that they're all accurate, because there's, there's a lot of ambiguities, I'll say, and that's not an insult to the clerk. There's just so much to deal with sure. in these documents. Yes, and I, I do appreciate when, when we can catch and we can make these changes for a clearer agenda. So sure, absolutely. Understood. Thank you. So we have approved our minutes as amended. Thank you, Vice Chair. No chair remarks for myself other than we will be having our dangerous buildings hearings today at 1.30. We have about 80 properties that we'll be looking at at 1.30. But until then, we will continue on with our agenda. We can move on now to our public comment section. We have, I believe, one person here for public comments. Are you, if, you, if you're here for public comment, please go ahead and take a seat, turn on the mic, and give us a, a minute to put our clock on the TV. Ms. Mitchell, do we have any hands raised right now online for public comment? Yes, Madam Chair, there are seven hands raised at the moment. Okay, I will be cutting off public comment at 10.15. Um, until then, if you want to make public comment, please raise your hand. We're going to start with our folks that are here in person. You have two minutes um, whenever you're ready. Okay, well, at this point, the city of Detroit... You, if you wouldn't it, mind stating your name for the public, so sorry. My name? Yes, please. My name is Rue. Thank you. Okay, at this point, the city of Detroit is being ran like a criminal organization. Uh, we got liars on the 11th floor trying to cover up the fact that they have issued Ill illegal bonds. The CFO, we just had John Neglick on screen here at the city council say that revenue bonds are not subject to notice. Herb Corley, revenue bonds are not subject to notice. I researched, my research indicates revenue bonds are clearly noticeable and notice should be given on them. Now we got the mayor at the city charter meeting talking about a civil case has already been decided. No, it's not have, has already been dismissed or decided. Oral arguments are right now in front of the Michigan Supreme Court. Now something tells me that it's a fix in somewhere. If somebody got something in a bag, this whole city has been run like a criminal organization. We got Andrew Spivey in jail, and now James Tate sitting in his seat. We got Scott Benson over there. Feds that ran up in his house. They ain't came with nothing yet. Usually that indicates something is going on because clearly he knows. I've been pointing out to him on several different occasions. The OCI is bold. The Detroit Police Department is bold. Kanisha Coleman did not shoot herself. Physical impossibility, yet the city hasn't ruled a suicide. Scott Benson is a known con artist, sham dude, as well as James Tate. And this city has been run by a criminal, like a criminal organization because you got the CFO, 
denying the fact that they done illicit, issued illegal bonds and y'all on the city council accepting this advice from LPD and not even questioning or going to do no research about it. It's right there in, front, in black and white. Thank you. Thank you for coming in, Rue. Ms. Mitchell, whenever you're ready, you can begin our first public commenter that is with us online. Madam Chair, the next caller is Tahira Ahmad. Good morning, Council. Thank you for uh, taking my public comment. Um, I'm upset that $156 million budget surplus is being proposed to be spent for sidewalks and parks. Would the mayor please, I, ain't, I haven't seen him at no park. He doesn't live in the city. And all he wants to do is steal money from homeowners and, and, and put it in parks and sidewalks. We want you to reject his budget because he's out of mind. Find out where he lives and arrest him for thief thievery. And we also want you to take that money and put it into housing uh, repairs and, and helping rental assistance for people who are illegally evicted out their homes uh, and illegally foreclosed and made homeless by stealing their legacy homes. Use that money to help the people, not to help billionaires and help Mike Duggan uh, uh, pad his pocket. Because all he's doing is getting kickbacks. That's the reason why he's doing this. So we want you to reject his, his budget because he's out of his mind. He don't know what he's doing. What he's doing is setting up another 1967. And if Detroit can't have our property and have our city, no one will. We, it'll, we, it will make it so that nobody wants to come here. And, and a lot of people want to leave because of the crime. It's crime because no one has, people don't have jobs. We have a problem that Munoz guy, you guys need to, uh, he needs to go to prison. What he's doing to the renters and what he's doing is illegal. Have him investigated, have him arrested and have more hearings about what Munoz has been doing to, to, to the people of Detroit, renters and families, women and children. This is a crime. This man needs to be locked up. Thank you for taking my public comment. Have a great day. Madam Chair, the next caller is Cunningham. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. And on Facebook, force subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, force subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, forced subservient Cunningham. I'm asking you under the sound of my voice to look at yesterday's free press. Uh, there's an article by Renard Masinski. Um, Detroit People's Platform. Check it out. We're all in this together, but check that article out. Thank you for all your prayers, drinking a lot of fluid, calling my name out in the atmosphere. Last week's public comment, I requested that. Praying the Holy Spirit, chant, etc. Many of you called me and said you're praying at 313-444-9114. And also folks are texting you, that's my preference, at the 444-9114 number about 
under my sound of my voice, everybody that can get on the bus after 6 p.m. on the weekdays and on the weekends. And don't be shy when you get on the bus. Bring your card, chat with people, ask them their experiences. That's any random person, of nobody like myself. I'm talking to you. I want you to board the coaches after 6 p.m. during the week and on the weekends. Again, after 6 p.m. and on the weekends. And y'all remember when I was saying we need bikes, bikes, and more bikes. Since it's the winter time, this would be a great opportunity for a business organization to uh, get some bikes uh, and save them to the summertime. Uh, we got these bike lanes that were forced down our throat. We might as well use it. Gas prices are high. I want to thank each council person for doing uh, what they can do. Uh, Councilwoman Waters, uh, Councilman Scott Denson, and you, Council Gabriela Santiago Romero. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Cunningham. Uh, public comment is now closed. Public comment is now closed. Ms. Mitchell, who do we have next? The next caller is D2 Victimized Detroit Retiree. Hello? Yes, hello, we can hear you. Okay, great. Um, I'd like to comment on a couple things. One thing is um, I would not like to see um, a, a, a cashless society. I prefer, you know, keeping my cash because everybody knows that um, anything digital can be manipulated and often and usually is manipulated. So the author controls the numbers. So no, we're going we're gonna to keep our, our cash um, basis. It wasn't long ago the signs didn't say, I mean, the signs said, you know, whites only. Now we're going to have signs that say cash only? I don't think so. Another thing um, about this uh, uh, property taxes. Now, <laughs> I had a contract. Um, I had to refinance my home um, due, because of oh, being overcharged for insurance in 2013, you know, they said I had to pay for replacement costs, and it was like, you know, 300 some thousand dollars. So anyway, once I did that, um, there was supposed to be a fund to help people who got jammed in, in that 2013. There is a fund, stabilization fund, but I haven't seen any of it. Now, someone from the city income tax forwarded my taxes to the mortgage company, and I don't have an escrow account which call, you know, has given me a lot of trouble. And so I'm talking to the mortgage company. They say, well, you can get a refund. I say, you don't know. We're looking for $600 million. I don't want to, I'm not, I can pay my taxes when I get ready. So I don't, I want to know who sent that. It, I was not two years behind. I had paid um, a year ahead. So I want to know who was the person who forwarded my, um, my tax statement to the mortgage company. I, can I get that answer, please? Because that's not the, uh, that wasn't the contract that I signed. And now they, they're trying to take my property because I'm in default because they changed my contract. Someone please help me. Thank you. Madam Chair, the next caller is Renard Manzunski. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, we can hear you. Good morning, Madam Chair and members of the committee. Um, I'm speaking to you today. My name is Renard Nashunsky as a transit justice organizer with Detroit People's Platform. 
Um, the article or the letter to editor that Cunningham mentioned was uh, me pointing out the stark disparity between um, DDoT service and infrastructure and Q-Line, which has a lot of public and private money funding it with fancier shelters and all that. I encourage you to read it. The reason being because it ties to the surplus um, that the mayor has requested that you all spend. I um, do agree with the previous caller. Don't spend it on what he asked you to do. It That's your money. Um, that's actually our money as the public. And you, as the body of the city council, you have the power of purse. He doesn't. So you all have that power to decide that. And I think that the money should be better invested in um, attracting um, employees uh, for DDOT. And the current wage structure doesn't do that. So I think there's opportunities um, to renegotiate a higher wage uh, for DDOT workers, not just the drivers, but everyone else that keeps this system together. Um, I also want to elicit a public complaint to this um, committee. It's regarding the bike lanes, and it's not what you think it is. It is the bike lanes in the bus stops. It is the snow being shoveled in them, and people still bike, believe it, in the wintertime, and people still use other sort of micro-mobility, and people still catch the bus in winter. But we find that they're dumping snow on both the bus stops and also the bike lanes as if those people don't matter. And I wanted to know, what, what is the jurisdiction for cleaning um, those spots? Is that under DPW? Um, I haven't ever seen DPW at a city council meeting, and we probably need them to explain what is their role in the city and why is there so much neglect with bus stops with so much snow and ice on and knowing that someone can trip on that. So I just wanted to raise that to um, this body's attention to see what we can do about that. Otherwise, thank you so much. Madam Chair, the next caller is Margaret Scarlett Maddox. Good morning. May I be heard? Good morning. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Um, number one, Trinitarian is not working. Repeat, Trinitarian is not working. So, and I agree with Renard about the snow and the ice because, because I had to travel my bus and I try my best not to get stuck on um, the ice at the bus stop and I will be there tomorrow morning. Repeat, I will be there tomorrow morning. So I will give my time. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Chair, the next caller is Carol Hughes.
Ms. Hughes, you're being moved over as a panelist. Okay, thank you. May I speak? Yes, you may. <clears throat> Let me first address the issue of the people calling in complaining about dirty buses, unsanitary buses in an era and time of COVID. And I, re I remember $7 million of ARPA money that was supposed to go for the shot spotter is left in your committee. I think it's incumbent upon you as the person who's responsible for the public health that you ask Ms. Fair to address this issue because we are worth it. Um, my other question to you or on your agenda is 5.1, which is which are blight violations for Munaz Realty. I noticed that you don't have a attachment. Be, um, uh, you see, the, people seem to put off questions that the that the public asks. These people can't called in and denigrated a lot of black women, and um, it's very disrespectful for this council to allow that kind of disrespect to go on, and I need to see a report of blight violations on this particular uh, vendor. Um, I also would like to call your attention to 5.4 and 5.10. Um, uh, these, these, these requests were, re were actually re requested for much earlier than what these are suggesting. You might ask Ms. Powell about that. The, the one about the contractor was 1022 actually last year in October and uh, still no response from the mayor. But here he is again, handout asking for more money to do uh, more demolitions and I can see them on your list. And yes, LPD, you're already changing the records because a lot of the ARPA dollars that were listed are now listed as city funding. I'm disappointed that a lot of our in proposal money, bond money, is is being delayed while we do emergency demolitions that appear to me to be um, a way of just deciphering money from the city. Uh, we have ARPA dollars to take care of uh, the issues that we have, and I suggest we do it. Thank you. Madam Chair, the last caller is caller number ending in 534. Good morning, may I be heard? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, um, so the, there is a recurring problem. I call in, I raise my hand, I check it again, and it says your hand has been raised. If I do star six a second time, it, said you, it should say your hand has been lowered. So somebody please check into this. This is completely unacceptable. I agree with the first two callers. I like can't believe what I see going on in this city. The, oh, by the way, everybody, the land bank had a special session on Friday and settled with the federal government for $1.5 million when there's $13 million of unaccounted for money for some of the demolitions. That is just disgusting. 5.7 is also disgusting that we would have to pay 1,375,000 to test the soil in these demolition sites because a bunch of them were not done right. Also, I'd like to point out and like, even look at 5.6. They found a basement in, a, a, at, a, at a demo site. And I'd like to point out that there was a guy from Guyanga who was the D5 rep and he was on the city planning commission and oh conveniently gave a vote to allow for the sale of historic state fairgrounds and then he didn't want to talk to me and yet he supposedly represented d5 so 
um, also, not uh, also, I can't get the police to investigate a crime. I was the victim of a major theft. It was not a poor person. I know the suspect. This was a professional person, but I couldn't get the city. They were supposed to come out on a 9-11 call. Um, also, I'm very disgusted at the settlement of the Revere Dock uh, Manhattan Project collapse into the Detroit River. It's like we don't matter. The public deserves to know. And everybody who's upset that there is a lack of proper oversight of what's going on in this. Madam Chair, that concludes public comment. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mitchell. And thank you, everybody, for calling in. Um, we really appreciate it. I will now continue on with the rest of our agenda. Under unfinished business 5.1 and 5.2 are both brief discussion items. Is there a motion to discuss 5.1 and 5.2 together? Motion. Thank you, Vice Chair. Regarding 5.1, this there is no attachment to 5.1 because this was a line item that we made due to public comments um, last formal session. So we made this a line item on our committee. Um, and I'm wondering if the administration is here um, and able to provide us and the public a brief updates um, regarding blight tickets. Last year, my office sent over a list of properties that we were told um, were not in compliance, had a lot of issues. Uh, I believe BCED was going to investigate those properties. And then we also received a rather long list of uh, blight tickets that were in connection to Munoz Realty. So I see Mr. Washington has joined us, wondering if you have any updates that you're able to provide for us. Um, and happy to keep this as a line item as we wait for uh, the needed changes. Yes, good morning, um, Madam Chair and Committee. We do have Jessica Parker online who could address. All right, if we can move Ms. Parker over as a panelist. Madam Chair, she has been promoted. Thank you. Good morning to the chair. Good morning. If you wouldn't mind stating your name and title for the public. Yes, Jessica Parker, Chief Enforcement Officer for the Building Department. Thank you for joining us this morning, Ms. Parker. Were you able to hear my questions regarding 5.1? Yes, I believe so. Um, to the chair, you would like an update on the Munoz properties, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes, okay, to the chair. Um, we've identified about 495 properties owned by Mr. Munoz or managed by Mr. Munoz. We've uh, issued about 244 CFCs to those properties. He's got another 48 CFCs that he should be bringing in, to, that he should be receiving within the next week or two. Ms. Parker, if, um, you, don't, if you wouldn't mind sharing what, um, what that means for the public. I'm sorry, yes, of course, to the chair. CFCs mean Certificate of Compliance. Thank so you. the Property Maintenance Division of the Billing Department, when we go out and do annual inspections on residential or commercial properties, if we find that the property is in code compliance, we will issue a certificate of compliance. We will not need to visit that property until um, the two years is up on that compliance or if we receive a complaint. 
Thank you, Ms. Parker. So you, you may continue. Okay. Um, we've identified about 495 properties owned by Mr. Munoz. Of those 495 properties, we've issued about 244 certificate of compliance. And as I stated earlier, we've got another 48 properties that he is currently bringing into compliance. And we expect to issue another 48 um, CFCs to those properties. Um, we speak to Mr. Munoz on a regular. He does contact our office if there's any questions or concerns. Um, he has his properties registered and he is trying to make sure every complaint that um, he receives from his tenants that he's addressing them in a timely manner. Any correction order that we've issued, he's acknowledged them and he's brought the, client, the, the property into compliance if there was an emergency on the property. Um, we've issued a total of 162 tickets that amounted to over $55,000. Understood. Thank you. Thank you so much for this update, Ms. Parker. Is there a timeline um, that you know of of when he has to ensure that those 40 plus properties are in compliance? Yes. So whenever we issue a correction order, unless it's an emergency, we primarily give our landlords or property managers 30 days to come into compliance for non-emergency violations. So the 48 properties that I was just speaking of, we hope to be able to issue those by the end of this week, if not um, early next week. Okay, thank you. Are there any questions for my colleagues? Doesn't seem like it. Thank you so much, Ms. Parker. Um, with that information, I am going to ask that we bring this back in, in three weeks if there's a motion to do so. Motion. Thank you, thank you, colleagues. Thank you, Ms. Parker. I do have, I'm not sure if you would be, or um, we're discussing 5.2 next. Um, and this is regarding um, another uh, line item that was made verbally last week from formal session. This is regarding 8100 Schoolcraft rodent issues. Mr. Washington, do we have someone that's able to discuss this item? Yes, um, for this item, we have Crystal Rogers. If we can move Ms. Rogers over as a panelist. Madam Chair, Ms. Rogers has been promoted. Thank you. Good morning, Ms. Rogers. If you wouldn't mind stating your name and title for the public. Good morning, Crystal Rogers, General Manager for Environmental Affairs, the Building Safety, Engineering and Environmental Department. Thank you for joining us and wondering if you have any updates for us regarding the rodent issues at 8100 eight Schoolcraft. Yes, this, uh, this property hasn't been inspected twice. We did not notice any rodent, any active rodent issues, but this is an active demolition site. Mm -hmm. DPW was out on the last week to remove some tires that were adjacent to the demolition site. We had two complaints uh, put in through the improved Detroit app, which both reference the tires, which have been removed. Okay. Thank you for this. And this is an active demolition site you mentioned. Do you have any idea when the demolition will be completed? I do not, but um, that would have to be addressed to the demolition department. Okay. Um, since it's an active demolition site, I am going to ask that we bring this back um, in three weeks again. Um, hoping that that's enough time for the site to be completed um, and just receive any uh, a confirmation that it is it has been um, demolished. Mr. Washington. 
Um, Madam Chair, I do believe Director Counts is online and may be able to address. Okay. If we can bring over uh, Director Count as a, as a panelist. Madam Chair, she has been promoted. Thank you. Good morning, Director. If you wouldn't mind seating your name and title for the public. Good morning, Luan Counts, Director of the Detroit Demolition Department. Thank you for joining us. Just have one quick question. Uh, we received a complaint uh, during public session or public comment at our last formal session uh, regarding 8100 Schoolcraft. Um, there was concerns of rodents, uh, but Ms. Rogers just let us know that this site is an active demolition site. Wondering if you know when this demolition uh, site will be completed? Through the chair, um, I am able to report to you that the actual demolition of the building, we anticipate that to start within the next month or so. Okay. Um, there has been a significant amount of activity at this site where there was a, a, a large amount of debris that, um, and soil that was um, present that needed to be removed prior to the demolition. Um, and throughout that entire time, our teams have not detected any rodent activity. Um, we typically work together with um, buildings and safety in the event that we do identify um, a rodent issue and um, when we request that they come out and bait those properties um, to mitigate any potential um, traffic of those rodents to, to, to work out into the, to the community. Um, so we have not at this time seen any activity on our um, removal that we've been uh, managing to this point. Um, and the, the building itself is fairly wide open and there, there doesn't appear to be any place for them to harbor um, inside of the property. So we don't anticipate seeing anything um, beyond that either. Um, but like I said, the actual demolition to the structure, we anticipate within the next month or so. Thank you, understood. And I guess just one obvious question, if there were any rodents, it would be due to the debris um, that you have to move around um, when you're when you're on site getting ready for, for demo. Through the chair, that's correct. That's what we would have anticipated seeing them. And like I said, we did not witness um, any rodent activity as we removed, a, it was a large amount of debris that was actually at the site. Okay, thank you for that update. Um, given that we won't see this building demolished for a while, um, I'm going to ask that we bring this line item back um, in three weeks just to see where we're at in the demo process. Um, and in case we get uh, and anybody else calling us about this site, um, we are able to provide them um, updates. And have... I guess, Director Counts, one last question. Have you talked to residents in this area um, regarding these concerns or have you heard about these concerns um, by other residents? Through the chair, no, we haven't. Um, and our, our, our field liaison staff is typically on site and available for um, access if the residents do have any questions or concerns about activities taking place. Um, they are trained to be able to um, receive those complaints and know how to act should they encounter them. Do we have a bait um, or, or anything out when we are doing demolitions in case there are rodents? Through the chair, no, we do not. The demolition department it itself does not um, provide any baiting or anything of that nature. When we do encounter, it's just like I said, when we do encounter um, any type of rat activity, we, we reach out to Builders and Safety. Their environmental um, unit assists us in any of the um, baiting that's needed. Understood, okay. Yep, so, and we don't, 
you know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to know when rodents would come out, um, if it would be while you're on site or afterwards. Um, but thank you for letting me know the process that you do take um, and for giving us this update. Um, as I mentioned, I would like to bring this back in three weeks if there's a motion to do so. Motion. Without objection, we'll bring back 5.2 in three weeks. Thank you both for joining us. Moving us along to 5.3, this is regarding a memo from our office relative to the mutual aid box alarm system, the Michigan MABIS resolution request. We have received um, the drafted resolution, so is there a motion to receive and file 5.3? Hearing no objections, 5.3 will be received and filed. Moving us to 5.4, this is regarding a memo relative to demolition contracts. This is through our member Waters office. Is there a motion to discuss? Discussion. Discussion, member Waters, I defer to you. Uh, has not been received as yet, Madam Chair. There's been, I have a note here that there was a response sent on Friday. Have you received a response? No. No? Okay. Would you like to bring this back or? Back in one week and I'll check it out. Okay. Thank you. There's been a motion to bring back 5.4 in one week. Without objection, we will do so. Which brings us to 5.5. This is regarding the memo relative to requesting financial assessments for mom and pop led abatements. This is through Council Member Calloway's office. We have been told that we can receive and file. Is there a motion to receive and file 5.5? Without objection, 5.5 will be received and filed. 5.6 is contract number 3062727 using 100% city funding to provide services to cover backfill for basement discovered at residential property at 12130 Woodrow Wilson. The contractor is Guyanga. They are located in Detroit. Is there a motion to discuss 5.6? Discussion. Thank you, Member Waters. I believe that we need a correction order for this. Um, Mr. Washington. Yes. Oh, I see Ms. Wilson is has joined us. Ms. Wilson, if you wouldn't mind stating your name and title for the public. Good morning, Ashley Wilson, Legislative Policy Division. And yes, we did receive the correction letter and it's included in the TETA report that was submitted to all council members on Friday. Thank you, Ms. Wilson. Are there any other questions for 5.6? Yes, Member Waters. I, I guess I, I wonder when you have these kinds of properties, don't we know in advance that there's, that there's a basement? I, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a loss when it comes to that kind of thing. Most of the properties here in the city have basements. I hear you, Member Waters. Is our director still on with us? Well, I need Mr. Her Washington. Questions anyway. Yes, Madam Chair. Director Council is still on. If you can please move her over as a panelist. Good, good morning again, Director Council, Detroit Demolition Department. Good morning again, Director. Were you able to hear Member Waters' questions regarding 5.6? Um, actually, through, I'm sorry, through the chair, actually I was not able to, her mic is very low. Okay, okay. Member Waters. No, I, I just said, why are we so late discovering that there's a basement? Most of the properties in this city have basements. So 
I don't know, it was written up saying it's, oh my God, we didn't know there was a basement. So I'm kind of confused about that. Director. Through the chair, um, understood. Um, under, most, under most circumstances, we perform a survey for our um, scheduled demolitions. This in particular demolition is an emergency demolition and it's an emergency demolition on a commercial property. Mm -hmm. um, and so unfortunately, we're not able to go in and to survey those properties ahead of time to be able to ascertain exactly what's there. In a lot of cases, the assumption is that most commercial properties are slab on grade. Um, so in the instance where we encounter an emergency demo, um, we're moving to get the property down. Um, and that's usually when we identify that there's a basement. Um, I can tell you that moving forward, we've changed our practice and how we submit these emergency demos um, so that we will be performing the work in order to determine exactly what's there um, before we, and then submit one emergency um, demo application, which has the total cost for that project. All right, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Waters. Are there any other questions? Hearing none, is there a motion to approve 5.6? Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing none, 5.6 is approved to be sent to formal with the recommendation to approve. Thank you, Director. Moving us along, 5.7 is contract number 6003854. This is amendment number one with 100% city funding to provide an increase of funds for soil testing and previous demolished sites. The contractor is Environmental Testing and Consulting, Inc. They are located in Romulus. They have an increased amount of 225000 for a total of contract of 1375000 And this is, again, for city demolition. I believe that we brought this back, Member Waters. You, still, you also discussion. had some question regarding this. Yes. yes. Discussion, mm -hmm. Member Waters. All right, thank you. Um, and we'll bring you... back our, our director for this yes. discussion. Um, if we can move over, director counts as a panelist and then Member Waters whenever she joins us. Okay. Don't see her yet. Madam Chair, she has been promoted. Thank you, Ms. Mitchell. All right. Hi, Director, we have another question for you. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Um, <clears throat> a few questions. One is that I wanna understand the, the soil testing in general, and, and I think that the people should understand that because we are paying out a lot of money for, for soil testing. So if we could explain the process um, uh, for, for the public. And then I wanna know um, why are we doing so much testing if the soil is supposed to be clean coming from the approved locations? That's, you know, that's number one. Um, so we'll, we'll start with that one. Director. Through the chair. Okay, so the first question um, was regarding or understanding the soil testing process. Mm -hmm. um, for starters, these contracts were initially intended to be environmental supportive services contracts for all of our current um, demolition efforts under proposal N. Um, so the initial um, while soil testing is a part of that, um, those contracts, it wasn't the sole purpose. Um, but we do use it in the event that we encounter demos that have um, situations where there are mounds or piles of dirt um, that are on the properties that we need to test in order to ensure that the, um, or determine what landfill or which 
category of landfill the, the materials can go to. So that's how the, uh, the contracts initially um, were generated. Um, we've had conversations, or I myself have had conversations directly with all of the council members regarding concerns that have surfaced um, regarding previously performed demos before the demolition department um, that had questionable soils. Um, and so those investigations have required testing to take place to ensure one, what we needed to do, you know, what was the existing um, condition of that material? I um, mean, if it was suitable to stay or if we needed to remove and replace. Um, and so I have tried to maintain constant communication with this with this body to ensure that you are were all updated as to those situations that we were encountering um, and how you know we needed to proceed and move forward in order to determine the right course of action. Um, and this is the result of some of those incidences we've had previous conversations about. Thank you, Madam Chair. Yes. So are we testing old sites or new sites for soil backfill for demolition? It's, it's through the chair, it's a mix. Um, I can't tell you, th th on the new side, it's more as needed. Um, and that's for ensuring that we are properly disposing of the materials that we encounter as we move forward with demolitions. And because we don't know which locations will, you know, encounter these types of situations, the contracts are really a, like a fall safe for us um, so that we're able to execute the demos without having delay to have a separate contract to, to test that material. Um, but we're also testing um, older demo sites that were backfilled with material that we, we're not able to um, get clear information on. And so the testing allows us to determine it allows us to have the science in place for us to be able to determine what, what the next step should be. Madam Chair. Yes, Member Waters. All right, so I thought the sites where we pick up clean soil has been tested already, no? Director. Through the chair, it has been. Um, and, and like I said, it's not for the new sites and this testing, these contracts are not for that soil testing. You've got to admit it's a very complicated issue. I did submit a memo asking um, that, and it has not been responded to us yet. Uh, I, I believe that maybe LPD is working on it. It's all regarding soil, uh, testing at, at soil, period, in terms of where we where we get our dirt and, and that kind of thing. Um, it's my understanding that we use different locations uh, as opposed to maybe using some of the same locations that MDOT uses. And I won't get into any specifics about that because I'm waiting for a response uh, on that. Um, I don't know why we can't do the same thing that, that, that MDOT is doing as it relates to uh, to their dirt. So, But I'm pretty sure you're going to see the, uh, the memo pretty soon, direct accounts. And... Um, that was just uh, a memo that I, I want someone to respond to as it relates to the, the dirt that we're using. Through the chair. Yes, director. Um, there's a couple of points that were made by, by um, council member Waters. The first being MDOT standard is, 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 a, is a road standard as opposed to a residential standard. Um, and so while materials might be acceptable um, to, for use in a MDOT standard, mm -hmm. it might, it, more than likely is not going to be um, usable in a residential standard. Um, so that's not that's why typically why we're not following NDOT standards. Um, the mm -hmm. second part portion of it is we do have several sources um, that are considered um, acceptable 
typically residential to residential. So if the property um, that the, the dirt is coming from has historically been a residential site, it's deemed to be acceptable. That is a state standard. Um, it's deemed to be acceptable for use for backfill in a residential situation. Um, there are quarries that exist where contractors are able to go out and to get materials from them as well. Um, they have a different testing standard. We do require that their testing standard is re reviewed by our consultant to ensure that they are meeting our standard for, standard for that residential material. Um, and then there are periodic checks in which we send our consultants and sometime our own staff out to ensure that the material that's coming from those, those quarries are continuous to meet, you know, continue to meet our standard. Um, it's, it's an, it is a complicated, but it's really not. Um, it's complicated in the sense that we put a lot of restrictions, standards, and guidelines to ensure that the materials that we're getting are clean. Um, but once once we explain it to you, which we're more than willing to do, you'll see that we, we've tried to make it as simple as we could, not only for our contractors to be able to follow the rules and meet the standards, but also for us to be able to explain to the community. I mean, we often have these conversations on our district calls where we walk the community through exactly what happens and what that process should look like to ensure that everyone, you know, understands what, what they're seeing when they see it. Um, and if it doesn't look like what I've described, that they're, you know, they should say something. We, we want the residents to be able to say something to us so that we can act and respond. Um, but we've put a lot of fail safes in place to, to hopefully prevent um, these types of situations like we're, we're currently working on from the past now. And so then finally, Madam, Madam Chair, um, we, um, I just want to ask, um, if you are putting some things in place to make sure that we're not spending so much on, on this on this testing, is it's, it's almost as if um, we're kind of double dipping when it comes to, to to the testing, and and I could be wrong, I'm not sure, but um, maybe we can put some things in place that will that will ensure that that we are not doing that and that it's not going to cost us so much money on the back end. Director of the chair. Unfortunately, I can't I can't put anything in place to prevent what happened before. Um, what I have committed to is in in the event that we have an instance where we feel like there's a potential for the, the, the public safety to be at risk, mm -hmm. that the department will respond. And so that's exactly what we're doing by testing. Mm -hmm. um, if we feel that there's a situation that um, we need to correct, we will move forward and do that to ensure public safety. Um, I can tell you that the testing that we currently have in place is intended to reduce any potential um, costs down the line. Um, because if you test it up front mm -hmm. and you're 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 confident in what you you know that the material that you're putting in meets the standard, then we don't have problems in the future. Um, and so. I feel like we, we've definitely done exactly what you're asking me to, but as it relates to what happened prior to the demolition department, I can't put anything in place to, you know, to, to prevent what might have happened then. Mm -hmm. um, we're just preparing for it on our end so that we can, like I said, ensure the public safety. Okay. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Waters. Um, Director, I, I do have just one quick question. I'm wondering if you're able to send us a list of the sites that you will be doing the soil testing at. With this uh, yes, we can. Okay. Yes, we can. 
Thank you. I really appreciate that. Are there any other questions? Hearing none, is there a motion to approve 5.7? Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing none, 5.7 is approved to be sent to formal with the recommendation to approve. I do want to also note that it's come to my attention that we are not being broadcasted on channel 10. Um, so this is a note to, I'm not sure if it's for Do It or for our media services. I do know that we are on Zoom. So we are able to, um, the public is able to um, watch council business through Zoom, but not through channel 10. So Mr. Washington, I would like for you to make a note um, and wondering if you can please work with if it's either media services or do it to ensure that um, tomorrow we have formal session that we are on channel 10 tomorrow for the public. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Washington. Moving us along to 5.8. 5.8 is a memo relative to request for report on the 36 district court cases falling within right to counsel guidelines. Is there a motion to discuss? Discussion. Thank you, Member Waters. I believe uh, law departments, do we have any updates regarding 5.8? Uh, good morning through the chair, Graham Anderson, uh, law department. Uh, yes. Uh, to start with, um, uh, I wanted to just kind of get the guidelines of what actually is the thresholds that we're looking at here. And uh, it makes sense it goes by household. So for a one bedroom household, the uh, numbers we're looking at is $29,160. Uh, for a two bedroom household, it's $39,440. Uh, household of three, 49,000 in change, uh, family of four, 60,000 even, and for a family of five, it is $70,280. So I just thought that was good to share with the public to begin with, that is the actual thresholds that we're looking at for the numbers for, uh, depending on what's the size of the family house. Um, and the thresholds for what, if you wouldn't mind explaining that? And that is, that. Oh, to, to qualify for, um, if you were being evicted, you. that you would uh, get right to counsel. Thank you. And beyond that, this is something that the law department is still working with, um, uh, bringing these numbers together. Okay. We The, the uh, data that we're working with here is from uh, the Rocket Community Fund, which I'd be happy to share this report with uh, committee if requested. Mm -hmm. uh, can definitely provide that to everyone afterwards. But beyond that, um, in 2019, half of um, the Detroit population had incomes at or below 200% of the federal poverty line, which is the program criteria that we're looking for for qualifying for the uh, uh, right to counsel. And uh, and I, I have to admit, this is it's kind of a large mm -hmm. um, uh, estimation we're at right now, because we're estimating that 91% of all tenants facing eviction in Detroit had incomes below this uh, threshold. However, um, when it comes to, and, and to be fair as well too, this is a moving target because we're having evictions every day. So these are numbers that are changing as uh, every week um, as things go on. But what we are estimating that of the, I, I think it was 70,000, or no, 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 I was way off there. But um, um, I think it was 
what, 29,000 uh, a year the evictions at. Of that number, it's between 50% and 91% will qualify for right to counsel. Now, obviously, that is a huge difference between 50% and 91%. And this, like I said, it's a moving target, and we're working on narrowing it down more and more. But that's currently where we're at for the moment. Okay, thank you for letting us know where you're at with your initial research. How much time would you need to bring this back? I would ask for at least two weeks. At least two weeks? Okay. And then, um, yes, we would like to ensure that the report is on the record so that folks can follow along um, when, you, when you've completed that. So, um, yes, please do share it with us and um, include it in your response um, to the council president's memo. Will do. Thank you. Thank you. Chair. Yes, Member Waters. Yeah, I, I, um, I just want to ask that you create um, a chart and maybe put it in, in JPEG or something so that we can share those thresholds uh, with the community. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that they understand where they fall and so forth, and if, in fact, they qualify. That it would just be a quick snap, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely, through the chair. This is something that... Uh, the law department is passionate about because we, we understand we're dealing with people who aren't used to going to court, who aren't familiar yeah. with the law system more than law and order. We want to make this a spoon feed as easy for people to digest. So happy to do that through the chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. If there are no other questions, is there a motion to bring back 5.8 in two weeks? Motion. Without objection, we will bring 5.8 back in two weeks. 5.9 is a request to review the physical conditions and states of residence at the Russell Woods apartments. We have been asked to bring this back in one week. Is there a motion to do so? Motion. Without objection, 5.9 will be brought back in one week. 5.10 is a memo from Member Waters requesting information regarding soil testing and access. We have been asked to bring this back in three weeks. Is there a motion to do so? Motion. Without objection, 5.10 will be brought back in 10 weeks. 5.11, 5.11 is a request for drafting an ordinance regarding insurance requirements for demolition contractors. It does look like this was sent to BFA, so this could be removed from our agenda. Is there a motion to do so? Motion. Without objection, 5.11 will be removed from our agenda. And I believe I may have said to bring back 5.10 in 10 weeks, just as a correction, we're going to bring this back in three weeks. We are bringing back 5.10 in three weeks, ma'am, uh, Madam Clerk. <laughs> Moving us along now to new business. Under the Office of Contracting and Procurement, 6.1. 6.1 is a contract number 3059481 using 100% city funding. This is to provide an emergency demo at residential property 2944 Lakewood. The contractor is Lakeshore Global Corporation. They're located in Detroit. This is for the total amount of $25,000 with $25. This is for city demolition. There are a number. Is there a motion to discuss 6.1? Motion. Thank you, Member Waters. Um, I do believe, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Um, there are a number of conversations right now regarding Prop N. Um, I do believe that there is uh, OCP is doing an investigation regarding Prop N proposals. Um, not sure if colleagues have any questions or um, any preferences in. Oh, this is just this is this is just an emergency demo. Um, but I think for any Prop N discussions moving forward, um, noting that there is an investigation, wondering if uh, we want to hold those until the investigation is complete. This and is this is an emergency demo, so it's different. So we can. Chair, yes, Vice is Chair. A, is that an investigation or an audit? I believe it's an investigation. We can get we can get a clarity from OCP. And is the terminology really matters on something like that? Yes. Um, as far as I heard it, it is currently there is an investigation, but um, I, I jumped the gun. I saw demo. My head went to Prop N, um, but that's a different discussion. Um, if there are no questions for six point one, is there a motion to approve six point one? Are there any objections? Hearing none, six point one is approved to be sent to formal with the recommendation to approve. Six point two is contract number six zero zero five zero five. Zero. This is using 100% DWSD funding, and there's a note that we are going to have a reimbursement through ARPA funds. This is to provide full lead service line replacement at various locations throughout Detroit. The contractor is Five Star Energy Services, LLC. They are located in Big Bend, Wisconsin. The contract total is for $25 million. And this is for water and sewer. Is there a motion to discuss five or 6.2? Motion. And I do believe we have a director here in person to discuss this. Good morning and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for being here. If you wouldn't mind stating your name and title for the public. Gary Brown, Director of the Detroit Water and Sewage Department. Thank you for joining us, Director. If you wouldn't mind sharing with the public what this is and potentially where these various locations are, are, are going to be located at. I'd be, I'd be glad to. Um, you know, under the lead and copper rule, DWSD is required to uh, do a full replacement of lead service lines. That means both the private side and the public side at no cost to the public. So DWSD has to remove these lines. Uh, as most of you know, we have approximately 80,000 lines. Um, as you also know, we've been doing about 2,000 lines a year. At that rate, it would take us 40 years to get the lines out. Uh, I've said very loudly and publicly to EPA as well as to state regulators, if you give us more money, we will be able to go faster. And we now have $90 million in hand ready to put contracts out and get the lines uh, out. What is the issue? Two things, capacity and cost. Mm. We do not have the capacity in this city to give three contractors who win most of these contracts, one of them you just dealt with, Lakeshore Global, uh, Major Cement, as well as Inland, are the three Detroit-based companies that do this work. Inland does not do lead service line. They do sewer lining, so they're out of play. So that leaves two. Between those two, they have $333 million on average, average of the, the next three years, in contracts 
with DWSD. And so we need to bring in more capacity in order to go fast and remove the risk for our kids and our grandkids. Secondly, this company came in $5,000 lower than the other bidders. Right now, Lakeshore Global has a contract for $13,100 per line. This company came in at $9,000 per line. Uh, Vice Chair? I think that was the estimation I was looking for. So out of a $25 million contract, they came in $5,000 lower, per line. or they came in $5,000 lower per line. Thank you. Per, per line. Okay. Per line. I, well, that, I was missing the first explanation. Yeah, yeah I, I apologize. And that means an additional 1,000 lines uh, that will be able to come out. Uh, this company was one of the lower bidders with the state. They did the city of Benton Harbor. They're also in Detroit right now looking for warehouse space. Uh, they're also competing for a contract with DTE to be able to replace gas uh, lines at the same time. So they've committed to hiring labor uh, from Detroit. They have no expectation. It would not be cost effective to bring people in from uh, Wisconsin and put them in a hotel room and lodge. They want to hire Detroiters. So they're working with workforce development, the Jumpstart program, and they're looking to hire Detroiters not only for this project, but also for the DTE project. So contractor capacity and cost are the issue. Uh, I've just outlined the, the solution, uh, five-star uh, services, $5 million lower uh, than the other bidders. Uh, and we know that they can do the work uh, because we went up to Benton Harbor uh, to make sure that the residents were satisfied with what they did there. Uh, they go to the extra uh, mile of offering a $25 gift certificate if homeowners are uh, available to let them in uh, the day that they're there so that they don't have to come back and uh, uh, they're getting paid per line and so obviously they're trying to get as many out as as possible uh, finally um, the benefits um, you know they're gonna bring in a new standard of, of doing this work public safety we can move quicker and remove lead service lines uh, and, and again you know it's about removing the risk for our kids and, and our grandkids uh, quicker uh, let me just also outline the future. So this is a $25 million contract. I said we had $90 million in play. We're going to be bringing to you shortly, it's going uh, an RF, uh, RFP, uh, request for proposal, will be on the street within 30 days for $45 million, and we're uh, expected to uh, uh, give that contract to five to six different companies. And certainly while the local companies will most uh, definitely uh, compete in that process, uh, we're also looking to bring in uh, several other new companies so that we can build capacity uh, to get that work done. So you'll, you'll be seeing a $45 million contract. Uh, which you, what, what also we're doing is I have $5 million and we're calling it an emergent business fund is for mom and pop type plumbers in the city of Detroit. And so plumbers that uh, may not be able to afford uh, directional boring equipment, high bonds, uh, we'll put five million in play and be able to give out approximately 10 contracts for um, a, let's see, half million dollars, 500,000 at a time. If they can do more work, uh, we'll, we'll be able to give them more. So that's an emerging business fund. I call it mom and pop plumbers, very similar to what we did with the basement backup program. And then finally, we have a $5 million WIN grant that we uh, were awarded from the federal government, and we intend to use that to hire 
30 additional uh, DWSD employees that can strictly do uh, this work so that we can put them with uh, these contractors, they can build their skills, build capacity, and then if we're able to do the work cheaper than contractors, we'll either force the price down or we'll bring in more employees with benefits and pension to be able to do that work. So the $90 million is going toward uh, more employees to do the work. It's going toward an emergent fund for mom and pop. It's going toward a $45 million contract in which we will award uh, five to six different companies and we will put each one company in every council district uh, of the city of Detroit. The health department has given me the data that shows where kids are testing positive at clinics. We'll use that data. Uh, we also uh, are working with the University of Michigan and a company called Blue Conduit. Uh, they have some predictive software that we're using to identify where the lines are, the majority, the density of population of lines in our city. And then we're also using um, data from DPS in terms of where kids are. So we'll look at where kids are testing positive, where the kids are in our city, and we'll also uh, look at where the density of populations of lines and we'll uh, you know, choose an area in every council district of the city uh, to begin this work. And so um, with that said, I, I'll be glad to take any questions or concerns that you have. Thank you. Just wondering, um, and, and I did briefly see the, the map of where the lines are going to be, if that can be made public, um, uh, made public so that they can see as well where the lines are going to be uh, changed. Yeah. Sure, we uh, just got the health department uh, data on Friday, and okay. so we'll incorporate that into the map you saw, okay. and we'll be more than happy to share it. Thank you. And then there was a note that I have here that there was going to be language added to the contract that spoke to hiring Detroiters, so what you just mentioned right now, has that language been added to the contract? Yeah, we're, that language is being added to the contract along with uh, finding a building, a location, and we're helping Five Star do that. And we're prepared to actually lease space if they have to build out space uh, so that they can bring 8 to $10 million worth of equipment into the city of Detroit, pay taxes uh, for being here. And they're working with the workforce development team uh, out of the mayor's office to be able to, to hire Detroiters to do the work. Understood. And you mentioned that's going to be language added to the contract. We're adding that to the contract, yes. Will that be before formal session, or would you like us to, if there's no need, I would rather not hold this if you're prepared yeah, I'll, to I'll get you a copy the of the con contract. I know that there were still some points we were negotiating, um, okay. but I'll, I'll get you a, con a copy of the contract to, that shows they're making every effort to do move into the city as well as hire Detroiters. Okay. Okay, so since we're still waiting for those changes, um, would it be um, detrimental to hold this back for one week for those changes to be made? No, I've only okay. had an opportunity to talk to five council members. I'd like okay. to talk to all nine. I'd like this to be a unanimous vote. And so uh, we don't intend to get started until the weather breaks in March, hopefully, okay. hopefully early March. Um, sure. And so, no, it would not be okay. an issue. So we'll bring this back in one week then. Okay. Um, wondering if there are any other questions from my colleagues, Member Waters? Yeah, I just, um, oh boy, this is, this is a lot. Of the $45 million, you, you still only have two people, two businesses that, that can qualify, and they already have a lot of business anyway, right? 
Well, you talked about the addition of $45 million that you'd be putting out there for, for contractors. Yeah, we, with, with the $25 million contract, we had uh, four or five additional companies that have, had never bid in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. They weren't the lowest bidder, so they didn't win that contract. Mm -hmm. With this contract, they will... Uh, we're, you know, we're going to expect them to understand where the where we start the bidding at now is at this nine thousand dollar line, and we're mm -hmm. we're sure that new people will come in as well as uh, Detroit based companies will also get in the mix. What we're hoping to be able to do is separate the small mom and pop mm -hmm. operations and let them bid on the five million dollar contract, keep the big companies out, and let them bid on the. Million. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering about additional companies in Detroit and or in Michigan too who can participate in these things. And I'm really happy that that you're moving so swiftly with this because we do receive telephone calls about lead. Say, for example, the King Homes right down the street, children are pe testing positive uh, for lead. Um, I wonder if you could provide something for us to share. Um, uh, on social media as relates to the, the type of contraction, especially for the mom and pop ones that are going to be coming up. We can post those and get people engaged um, and, and the opportunities for the employees um, to do this work. We have a skilled trades task force and it's going to be meeting um, on the 15th this Wednesday. I'd like to be able to share that with uh, members of the Skilled Trades Task Force and people that will be participating. Two things, we can certainly give you a link to where uh, the bids will be on Mitten. Mm -hmm. um, and then secondly, we can uh, provide a, an email address for people to apply online uh, for those jobs. Um, so yeah, we can, we can I, I, I kind of like a brief little description about what it is they will be doing for the Skilled Trades Task Force for the Wednesday. Okay. We, we, if, can pull, we can pull that together. If that's okay. Yes. All right. And I, I mean, I think it's interesting to know that I, I just, I think I read in yesterday's paper that the governor is putting $500 million in play to help entice uh, businesses to come in to this, uh, you know, to come into Michigan. Yeah. Uh, but Detroit is no different. We need that contractor capacity uh, for all the work that needs to be done and will be done. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so, so you'll see companies looking to go to the state and help get dollars to be able to, to get the equipment uh, necessary as well as the space. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank, thank you, you, Member Waters. Vice Chair. All right, thank you. And thank you, Mr. Brown, for being here this morning. So I, had, I heard two separate things um, in the conversation. I heard, one, a commitment to hire Detroiters, and I also heard best efforts yeah. to hire Detroiters. And so the contract language... Will it be a commitment to hire a certain percentage, or will it be we will use best efforts to hire well, we, Detroiters? We, we certainly always use the uh, executive order 51%, but uh, with some of the contracts where uh, ITRON is one in which we, we put the language right in the contract, we want 90 to 100% of the labor to be Detroiters. Obviously, uh, there'll be some management that has to come in and set up these programs, um, but the labor, this isn't skilled work. This is labor that we can train Detroiters to be able to do. It's not, um, you don't have to have a light, you don't have to be a licensed plumber. You, yeah. you just need to be willing to work hard and do labor, be able to physically do labor. Strong backs. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going to go back to my question. Does the language in the contract say a commitment, you shall, 
or does it say you shall use best efforts? I'll, I'll get you a copy of the contract. I, okay. I, I'm not, uh, we go back and forth with our lawyers uh, about what we can say with, when we're spending federal dollars and what we can't say. But I can assure you that there's been many conversations and these companies uh, um, have a strong commitment and we'll try to lock it down in the language of the contract to your satisfaction. Okay, and so for my satisfaction, it's a shall. It's not a best efforts. Yes. It's a shall. And so I'm hoping that you will have signed contracts by this time next week? Well, with this particular company, that's our goal. Uh, but they'll also be bidding on the $45 million contract. And if we don't see the commitment being fulfilled that they made, um, that will go into our decision-making with regards to future contracts. If they don't fulfill that commitment in the contract, wouldn't that also be breach of contract? Could be, yes. Okay. This, through yourself, Madam Chair, to the city attorney, would that be breach of contract? If someone were to sign a contract indicating they shall do something and then not do that? To law? Through the chair, I would, uh, I'm not familiar with the subject matter of this contract, but in theory that does sound correct, but I would want to uh, uh, review actual the language itself. Okay, and so I'm just hoping that we're not going to bring somebody back who's in breach of contract and they said they would do something for Detroiters and then not do that. Mm. And I appreciate the efforts here, Mr. Yes. Brown. This Thank is, you. This is we're, a game we're gonna, changer. We're going to do everything we can to. Okay. It's about creating opportunity for Detroiters. That's that's what this is about. And we have lots of strong backs that can use work, and so this is great. I, I hope you're right, because I. I can use a hundred right now, so feel you control hiring a hundred. Not, we're we're going to shortly be looking for that number in the next uh, fiscal city's fiscal year July. We put an additional hundred field service techs in the budget in order to be able to do a lot more of the work in house. We believe we can do it cheaper than contractors. Um, Anecdotally, how are your efforts going in trying to hire Detroiters to do this work? Are you having a difficult time? Are you using Detroit at work to help? We're using Detroiters at work, we are not having as much trouble with entry level, customer service representatives, field service technicians, where we see a, a problem is engineering, uh, con uh, project managers. Mm -hmm. um, I just lost a... a uh, a person that had a master's degree in construction management to Guyanga. I just lost an engineer to um, one of the other construction firms in the city of Detroit. So, you know, as we're doing more work and they're getting more work, we're all looking for qualified, competent people that have skills in this area. So it's the skilled positions, the engineers, we're finding, um, We've, we've just hired three from Ford Motor Company that are electrical engineers, have nothing to do with, with the type of engineering we do, but we're, we're asking them to be project managers because they have great organizational skills and they can run projects. And these are the basement backup programs a project. Lead service lines is, is a project. We're gonna be starting a uh, lateral sewer line replacement program, that's a project. ITRON. That's a project. We need project managers, and we find engineers have the uh, organizational skills to be able to convert what they've been doing at Ford Motor Company as an electrical engineer into uh, what we need them to do. So we, we've got to be creative. You're not going to go out and find people that have worked in the water industry for 10 years that have been doing the work and, uh, and bring them in. You've got to find people that you can convert 
uh, to be able to do these jobs. I'm hoping we're looking for Detroiters, and I know there's going to be a report released. Yeah, the, the, the last three, and 51% of my employees are, are Detroiters. It's, it's keeping them Detroiters once they get the job. So I was going to finish my statement by saying that Detroit at Work is releasing a report, not Detroit at Work, Detroit Future City, will be releasing a report very soon that indicates a very, not a rosy picture of our ability to hire the higher skilled labor out of Detroit. And so that's going to be a challenge for us as well and for this um, for the, our, my colleagues, because we do have concerns about our ability to and our desire to hire Detroiters into these skilled positions. So it's going to be a challenge. I hope that you can meet it. It, it will be a challenge, but I, I believe it can be done. Okay. Thank you, Vice Chair. If there are no other questions or comments, there was a request to bring this back in one week. Is there a motion to do so? Motion. Without objection, we'll bring back 6.2 in one week. Thank you, Director. Thank you for the time. Moving us along, under Appeals and Hearings Department, 6.3 is a report relative to the dangerous buildings findings and orders for January 27, 2023. Is there a motion to concur with the Department's recommendations? Motion. Without objection, we will concur with the Department's recommendations. Under the Legislative Policy Division, 6.4 is a resolution to recognize February 2023 as the American Heart Month of American Heart Month and February 3rd, 2023 as a National Wear Red Day. We did already approve this informal session. Is there a motion to remove 6.4? Motion. Without objection, 6.4 will be, will be removed from our agenda. Under miscellaneous, 6.5 and 6.6 .6 are both memos from our office. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you. 6.5 is a memo relative to the compliance update regarding post-construction stormwater. And 6.6 .6 is a memo relative to requests for information on electric buses. We have been asked to bring these both back in two weeks. Is there a motion to do so? Motion. Without objection, 6.5 and 6.6 .6 will be brought back in two weeks. This is officially so far the shortest agenda that we've seen this year. We are now in member reports. Chair recognizes our Vice Chair Benson. All right, thank you, Madam Chair. Just want to remind everyone that I, my office, and Councilwoman Waters will be hosting our HOPE program foreclosure prevention workshop at Hellman Recreation Center. And that will be on the 17th of this Friday at Hailman. And that will be from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will be free pizza from the Little Caesars truck. And this will be support in filling out the HOPE application. This will be February 17th at the Hailman Recreation Center at 19601 Crusade. Uh, you can come and sit down with someone to get your property taxes and stop foreclosure, please bring an ID, proof of income, and either a deed or rental agreement. Once again, remember, bring your ID, proof of income, deed, or rental agreement. We're going to feed you and help you keep your home out of foreclosure. Thank you, Councilwoman Waters. Thank you, Vice Chair. Member Waters. Thank you. Ditto to uh, Member Benson. 
uh, just a couple things. I want to remind uh, Detroiters to um, take a look at their new uh, property tax assessment that they received. They have up until um, 22nd of this month to appeal uh, their uh, assessments if they are, are not in agreement with it. I need them to take a look at it ASAP so that they can determine whether or not they want to submit an appeal. Don't wait until after the deadline because then you're not going to be able to do anything about it. So so please, Detroiters, uh, take a look at it and um, call our office if you need to if you want to um, appeal your property taxes. That assessment that was recently mailed out to everyone. Our office number is 313-628-2363, 313-628-2363. And I just want to remind people that this Wednesday, the 15th, is the Skills Trades Task Force. That task force is um, chaired jointly by uh, Waters, Young, and Sheffield. Um, it will be um, this Wednesday at Laborers Local 1191 on West Grand Boulevard from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, we want, uh, the last one that we had was uh, very well attended. We are trying to do everything that we possibly can, Madam Chair, to get people trained and employed. That's the goal. So again, this Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m., Laborers Local 1191 on West Grand Boulevard. Thank you so much, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Waters. Thank you both for your work. Um, our office will begin door knocking to prevent foreclosure um, as well. And um, hoping to work together with your office, Member Waters, to support with one of the workshops that you hold as well in District 6. Just want to remind the public that tomorrow night, um, we are going to have our 8th District Detroit Community Benefits um, meeting. It's going to be at Cass Tax at 6 p.m. Uh, happy early Valentine's Day, everyone. And as a reminder, we will be meeting again here at 1.30 today for our Dangerous Buildings hearings. So with that, we will be at recess until 1.30. And we will see everybody soon. Thank you all so much. See you soon.